um, Halloween outreach again this year. So over the last couple of years we've set up over in the park in Banksia Street where we provide uh, a, a barbie and some food and uh, hand out some uh, information about Jesus. Uh, and so if you'd like to help with that or be part of that, it's actually on a Wednesday night this year. It's the 31st of October. It's a Wednesday night. So Lynn uh, sort of coordinates that. So she's going to have a quick get-together with anyone who want, can give a hand with that uh, after you've grabbed a cup of tea and one of the kids' great morning teas and then come in and have a chat with Lynn and uh, get organised for that in a couple of times. Last year we gave out 150 bags uh, with uh, bits and pieces in it, but particularly with a tract about Jesus so that people could see that uh, uh, we don't need to fear anything, do we? Uh, Jesus is the answer. Uh, how about I pray and then we'll um, kick in. Heavenly Father, thanks heaps for this morning. Uh, thank for what we've sung, what we've heard and uh, what we've been praying for. Lord, we pray now that as we uh, look at your word together, that Lord, you'll open our hearts and our minds to you. That Lord, together as we explore this, that Lord, you'll do a work within us and that Lord, we won't be the same when we leave here this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's a great little saying, is it? Sharing is caring. Uh, I think often these days we tend to say sharing is caring when we've passed on the flu to someone else in our family. Uh, often we think, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to pass on those things. Sharing is caring, sharing our flu with people and so forth. But I don't think that was the original intention of the sharing is caring little saying. I think the intention was that uh, when we have something that's important to us, then we share it with others. Uh, be that some possession, be that some information, uh, be that something that we find important and we think is good that we want to share it with others. Uh, well, we're going to be thinking about sharing is caring this after this morning because we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, you might say to me, if you're really on the ball, Paul, we've looked at that. But not many of you did, did you? Because you can't remember what we did at the beginning of the year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we did 1 Thessalonians, the whole book. And uh, we looked at chapter 2 together. And if you're really on the ball, you'll remember back in 2015... Anyone remember that? No? <laughs> uh, back in uh, 2015, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 was our theme for the year, sharing life, sharing Christ, uh, is what we were talking about back then. And so you're thinking, well, what are you doing, Paul? We've done this twice in the last four years. Come on, give us a break. Well, obviously none of you remember either of them, so I think it's good that we come back to it and have a look at it together this morning. And we're going to focus in on particularly verse 8 today and have a bit of time of thinking about that. And this week in our gospel communities, when uh, they kick back in uh, this week, you're going to spend some time looking at this verse, uh, looking at this passage, and specifically working together about what does it look like to be sharing and caring together. Uh, so let's have a look at it together. If you've got uh, the service sheet there, you'll see it. Uh, printed on the back, or it's up on the screen for you. Uh, so because we're looking at verse 8, it's never a good thing to pull out one verse and not know what the rest of the verses say, because the chances are if you pull out one verse without understanding the rest, you're going to get it wrong. Uh, so we're going to have a look at a little bit around verse 8, where we want to concentrate on, uh, but we need to see that because we need to understand why that's there. So it says there, You now know, brothers and sisters, that our visit 
to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been uh, treated outrageously. That's a big word, isn't it? Outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak of those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying uh, on the contrary. There you go. I've repeated it. Uh, those approved by God, but trusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never tried flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed, or as God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. Here it is. So we cared for you. Because he loved you so much, we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. Uh, did you see it? Great verse, isn't it? So we verse 8, So we cared with you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. This is a good verse to memorise. This is a good verse to live by. It's a good verse to hang your life on. So we cared for you, but because we loved you so much, we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So we're going to dig into that, uh, but before we dig into that, we need to go back and see what Paul said before that so that we understand how we could say that and why he said that. Uh, you see, first of all, Paul dared to share. Did you see that in verse 2? Uh, we pre previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. He dared to share. He dared to tell. He dared to go out and explain to people who Jesus is. Uh, this is Hamish and I. It's a time-lapse photo. Uh, some of you may have seen it before. It does sit in, uh, on my fridge at home. It's a giant swing, the canyon swing in New Zealand. It's the greatest uh, swing in the world. Uh, what you do is you launch off it and then you swing all the way down through the canyon and then back again. Uh, now, Hamish and I did that when we were in New Zealand and when we stood there on that edge, we were scared absolutely scared but once we were shoved off no once we fell off and down it was phenomenal it was exhilarating and we did it again 
We could go and do it again for $5. I had a special. You don't want to know how much the first one cost. But for $5, you could do it again. And it was so good. We were petrified at the beginning, but we were confident and convinced that those New Zealanders would get it right. Well, you know, we were convinced that the swing would hold us and that we'd go back and we'd come back and we'd be safe. And I think that's what Paul is doing here in Thessalonica. He was treated outrageously. He would obviously have been nervous. He would obviously have been scared to step off and share and dare to share, but he does. And when he does, it's exhilarating. We're often scared, aren't we, to share. But can I tell you, when you do, and when someone responds positively to that, there is very little in this world that compares to that. It is exhilarating, but we get scared, don't we? Now, Paul would have been scared, but Paul wasn't ultimately scared, or he was scared, but, but he stepped off because of one thing, because he was convinced that the gospel was true. He was absolutely confident and convinced that this message that he had was the message that everyone needed. Absolutely convinced. Scared. But he dared to launch off and do it. Well, he says there in verse 3 to 4, for the gospel, for the appeal we make does not spring from an error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak of those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God who tests our heart. You see, Paul is convinced, completely convinced, that he's not tricking, it's not an error, it's not impure, he's not trying to con people, he's not trying to line his own pockets, he's not trying to be someone bigger than he is or to be put up on a pedestal. He doesn't have to have the biggest ministry. He doesn't have to have a helicopter to fly from one service to the other. He doesn't need all that. But he's convicted and he's convinced. And so he shares. And he shares the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, we did that last week. For those of you who are here, Jesus is our rescuer. That was our theme from last week at our all-in service. And Jesus is our rescuer because he rescues us uh, from the things that separate us from God, the wall between us and God that is there for every one of us as he comes in and he deals with sin, he deals with judgment, and he deals with death, and he smashes the wall, he clears it, he busts it down. No longer are they there because of Jesus' death and resurrection. He clears that. And there's no other way anyone in this world can get through that wall unless they trust Jesus. That was what Ray knew, didn't he? Ray Trustham knew that. And his funeral on Thursday was a testimony to that. He was absolutely convinced of this, Ray, and so he dared to share with people around him. And that's what he wants to encourage us to do because that good news is not only do we have that, are we free with God, but we're also safe in the name of Jesus too. We're actually safe 
with him. Now he holds us, he has us, he gives us his spirit to live within us. We are now transformed. He's a game changer. He's a life changer. He's the world changer. He changes everything because he lives within us by his spirit. He makes his home within us by his spirit. And so he transforms us so that we can live for him, so we can live by peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, humbleness, self-control, the gifts of the spirit, all those things are available to us in Jesus, in us. That is amazing news, isn't it? You see, Jesus is the gospel. I've got to remember that. It's not Jesus plus anything else. Jesus is the gospel. And Paul was absolutely convinced of that and he lived a Jesus-centred life. And he dared to share. Are you absolutely convinced? Have you got complete confidence in the gospel of Jesus? Well, I'd like to say yes, and I reckon most of the time I am, but there's moments when I'm not. There's moments when I feel a little bit of angst about it. There's moments when I see what's going on in the world. There's moments when I see that people aren't responding to Jesus. There's moments when I think, what are we doing? You know, there's not 3,000 people here this morning. Our whole community is not here. There's moments when I get that angst. And if you're honest, I'm sure there's moments when you get that angst too. But the good news is that God understands that, that Jesus understands that. And so when we look at his gospel, when we come back to his word, he wants to convince us again. That's one of the reasons why we keep coming back. That's one of the reasons we keep speaking about it because God wants to convince you again. So you have that confidence to share. We share lots of stuff, don't we? If you're on the internet, if you're on Facebook, there's a share button and we share stuff, don't we? There's a post and we share it. Or there's a funny saying and we share it. Uh, we share lots of things. I like this one. Share this post. Uh, we, we do, don't we? There's so much stuff that we share and there's so much garbage that we share. Seriously. There is some good stuff, don't get me wrong, but there's some garbage that we share. But we're very quick to hit that button when we think, well, people might like me when I share that. Oh, what sort of response will I, how many likes will I get from sharing that? Paul is saying, are we going to dare to share Jesus? I don't mean particularly on Facebook. I don't know whether that's the best way to do that or not. And I'm actually going to say a little bit later that probably Paul obviously did not have that in his mind at that time. But when we get to verse 8, I think he does show us the best way to do that. But to be that way, then we need to be convinced. We need to come back to the Bible. We need to come back and see that Jesus is the answer. Uh, that the questions that we have, that Jesus is the answer to world peace. 
actually this world will not be in peace until Jesus returns. That if we want peace now, then we need people to know Jesus because Jesus says only in Jesus does everyone treat everyone equally. Everything else in this world says no. There's certain things, there's certain ways, you've got to be like this, you've got to be like that. But in Jesus he says everyone is a creation of God and everyone is to be treated equal in the sight of God and everyone in Jesus is to be loved equally. Jesus is the only answer to the world's problems that we have around us, to the situations that we have in this world today, to the depression that we have, to the breakdowns in marriages that we have, into the community that we have at the moment where we see just things going all over the place. He is actually the answer to that. And Jesus is the best thing that we can share with anybody. So can I encourage you? I know that we've got doubts. I have them too. But as we come back to the gospel, as we come back and see that Jesus does answer all these things, that we become more convinced and more confident to step off. It's scary, but it's exhilarating. You see, he's not trying, Paul says he's not trying to trick anyone. And he's not trying to get approval from anyone else but God. Because ultimately, he's the only one that ultimately matters, isn't he? The creator of the universe. He's the only approval we need. You see, sharing is caring. And Paul says he dares to share because he loves them. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. Paul doesn't do this for false motives. He doesn't do it for money. He doesn't do it for cred. He does it because he loves people. Because he loves them. That's why he shares. And he does that because he loves them like family. He loves the words he used. Instead, we're like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children. If you go down to verse 9, he talks about dear children. And then verse 11, he talks about again. He uses the family picture to say that's how much he loves them. Because he loves them so much, that's why he shares with them. Uh, that's my family, my immediate family, uh, with my children and all their partners. Sam is not there yet, but he could be soon. Uh, but he's not at the wedding. That was 12 months ago at the wedding, so uh, that's them there. And often when I hear something that's really good or really important and I love, I share it with them. And that used to be just about anything, but I've actually in this the last couple of months started to sharing with them stuff that I've read in the Bible or a quote that I've heard or read as I've been doing my work for sermons and I'll shoot that off to them. We have a messenger on, uh, through Facebook that we have our messenger. You might have that. We've got a family messenger thing. Sometimes we send the wrong thing to people out of that one. But uh, we have a messenger thing that we're supposed to send to people. And uh, in that one, that's where I put it. I'll just type it in and share it with them. Because you see, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened for everyone. Jesus is the best thing that happened for everyone. You see, he's the best thing that happened for your children. Does your life look like that with your kids? 
does it look like Jesus is the best thing for them in your life and how you treat them? That's a challenge, isn't it? If you were to knock off everything else around you and your kids looked at you, would they say that the best thing for my mum and dad is Jesus because that's the best thing that they share with me? That's their priorities. That's what's driving them. You see, Jesus is the best thing for your husband or your wife. It's not that they have financial security. It's not that they have the best car. It's not that they get a good handicap at golf. It's not that they get good time off. They don't get me wrong. Some of those things aren't bad. But that's not the best thing for them. The best thing for your spouse is Jesus. How are you going at loving them and sharing that with them? You see, the best thing for your neighbour is Jesus. The best thing for our community is Jesus. Uh, The best thing for this world is Jesus. Are we convinced of that? I think sometimes it doesn't look like that, does it? Because I think we stand on that giant swing and we're scared. I'm scared at times. But please, Paul is saying to us this morning, the gospel keeps telling us Jesus is the best thing for everyone. So share it. Because if you believe it's the best thing for everyone and you want to love people around you, then the best thing you can do is share it with them. Dare to share. Because Paul was delighted to share, wasn't he? Because sharing is caring, because he loved them. Look what he says there. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you. Delighted to share their life and the gospel. Do you notice that? It's not just to share Jesus by preaching or teaching, but it's by sharing life with people because if Jesus is at the centre of your life, if he's truly at the centre of your life, then it'll be evident in the way that you share life with people. You see, you need to share life with people to have... What does that say there? You need to share life with people to have the right to share life, Christ, with people. That is, we need to share life before we think we've got the right to tell them. You see, Paul brings the two together. It's not one or the other here, is it? It's not that you just share life with people and don't tell them. It's not you share Jesus and you tell them about him, but you don't share life with them. He said it's it's this together, isn't it? You share life and you share Jesus. Two together. And when the two together become and work together, then it becomes authentic and it has integrity. Because that's what we want to be. We want to be people who share life together, where Jesus is the centre of who we are and what we are because we're convinced he is the best thing for us and for everyone else. As we become more and more convinced about that because the gospel has seeps into us more and more, it becomes more and more the centre of us, then we want to do that together. Notice Paul doesn't say that he just does it by himself. He says we did that. We do this together. We share it together. 
So that's what our gospel communities are about. That's what we want to be on about throughout the week. Yes, we do it here, but this isn't where it stays. We want it to go out, don't we? We want to do this together, share together. Because Paul ultimately wants us to be encouraging, comforting and urging you, urging each other to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. What are the lives that are worthy of the gospel? It's a sharing and caring life. It's a life that is completely convinced and convicted that Jesus is the answer and it's him at the centre of our life and then we share life and we share him together. It all comes together. Now this week in our gospel communities, I want you to look at this passage, but I want you to spend time talking deliberately, praying deliberately about how do we do this together? How do we share and care? How do we share our life and share Jesus together with those that we love? That includes those that know Jesus and those that don't know Jesus yet. How do we do that? You see, both evangelism and discipleship are wrapped up in this. Two Christian words, aren't they? Evangelism means going, going out and sharing Jesus. Discipleship means growing to become more like Jesus. Those two things happen here as we share and care and live with Jesus at the centre of that. So I want you to explore that. I really want to encourage you to spend time to dig into that and dig into it together and then set together how you're going to do that and then encourage each other and pray for each other to do that. So then we're not just hearing it, but we're getting out there and doing it. Think about how it looks in your group. Think about how it looks in your family. Think about how it looks in your, in your marriage or your relationship. Think about how it looks in the community. Think about all those things together and then come up with some things to do that. Put some legs on it. Ask questions, talk to each other, throw things around, throw ideas that you've tried and thought and done, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, work together on it. Because sharing is caring, isn't it? When we're convinced about the gospel of Jesus and if we want to care and love others, then we want to share it. I'm going to play you a clip that we've played a number of times, but I think it's a great clip as we go out from here this morning, as we think about being convicted and convinced that Jesus is better than anything and to everyone that we know needs to know that and that we do that by having Jesus at the centre of our lives and we share and we care and we live the life that's worthy of the gospel. Uh, let's play the clip and then we'll sing a song to finish. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. 
I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant, yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy there's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty, with so many lives running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope. They've come to the end of their proverbial rope. Young eyes are wandering, looking for direction. Make sure we point them to his resurrection. The clock's ticking, we're on our dime. Hey church, rise up! It's our time. Uh, in the coming term, we're going to be uh, encouraging you to think more through that as well. We're going to be doing a series uh, that's going to think through who we are. It's going to be thinking about how the gospel interacts with uh, happiness, with stuff, with identity, with a whole lot of extra things. And if you want to invite people to come along, I reckon it's a great series to bring people to because we'll be touching in on stuff that uh, this world's all about and wanting to know about. And we'll be showing how Jesus is the answer in all of that. So please, be thinking about praying, about inviting people along. Next week's about identity. Then it's our church family camp. No, next week we've got Martin who will be here. Then the week after that's on identity. Then our family camp. And then we'll be moving into those different things on material, on work, on happiness, on stuff. Uh, so please think about who you'd want to invite. As we are, thought about the kids, think of one person. Pray for that person and invite them along to come and hear about how Jesus is the best thing for everyone. Uh, let's stand and sing a great song together.